God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We're so excited to talk about a topic that the Lord has put on our hearts that you, listener, you are God's secret weapon. Get your heart ready to be encouraged because God wants to use you as you cooperate with Him. He wants to take you into a whole new level of cooperation. We're so glad that you're with us today, and we want to encourage you to go out to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and have a, a look around, click on that subscribe button, and subscribe to our various email lists, whatever you want to hear from us. Uh, If you want to hear about podcasts that are coming up or sales on our bookstore or uh, events that we're having, click on that one. And if you want to be more closely connecting to more of what we do, click on the prayer letter and emergency prayer request list. If you're an intercessor, click on those things, whatever fits you. And if you would like to respond to us, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what's on your heart. What would you like us to teach on or bring to you? Write to our email, feedback at globaloutpouring.org. And all of that is available on our website. So click on those things and let's stay in touch. So today we're talking about you are God's secret weapon. God wants to help us learn more about cooperating with the Holy Spirit. So we want to start with an understanding of how this is all held together. You know, we we know from the Word of God that all of creation exists because of words, and that Jesus is holding it all together. Uh, you learn that in the book of Hebrews, but yeah. Genesis uh-huh. chapter one, you know, God said, "Let there be light," or maybe He just said, "Light," and it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and one of one of our friends says, "And you could see for miles." <laughs> mm-hmm. And interestingly, uh, light existed and plants existed before the sun existed. Isn't that amazing? That's the a earth was bringing forth life even even before uh, the the sun and the moon were, and the stars were put into place. But God put it all into place with His words, and He holds things into place with His words, and He gave dominion to man. Mm-hmm. So we have Genesis chapter 1, and I'm just going to read a few verses from the Amplified, verse 26 to 28. It says, God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image, after our likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all of the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, using all its vast resources in the service of God and man, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. So you can see that God made us in his image to operate just like him. Mm -hmm. 
to have dominion over this physical earth. God, who is a spirit, made a physical earth and he made a physical man and woman in his own likeness to be like him, to cooperate with him. So why is not man and woman or the church have taken dominion already? Yeah. What's happened? Well, personally, I think everybody has bought this thought that somehow when Adam and Eve sinned, that they abdicated their dominion, that they gave it to the devil. But I don't see anything in scripture that says that. But there's a popular teaching out there that everybody thinks that, oh, we lost our dominion. We gave it to the devil. But it doesn't say that. And if you look in in Psalm 8, verses 3 to 8, um, it's very clear. I'll, I'll just read one verse. Verse 6 says, You made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. So that's the book of Psalms. That's well after the fall. And it doesn't say anything about the devil having the rights to planet Earth. Yeah, let me read that in the um, Passion Translation. Please do. Look at the splendor of your skies, your creative genius glowing in the heavens. When I gaze at your moon and your stars, mounted like jewels in their settings. Oh, it's beautiful. I know you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. But when I look up and see such wonder and workmanship above, I have to ask you this question. Compared to all this cosmic glory, why would you bother with puny mortal man or be infatuated with Adam's sons? Yet what honor you have given to men, created only a little lower than Elohim. And that word Elohim is most often translated God. Crowned like kings and queens with glory and magnificence. You have delegated to them mastery over all that you have made, making everything subservient to their authority, placing earth itself under the feet of your image bearers. All the created order and every living thing of the earth, sky and sea, the wildest beasts and all the sea creatures, everything is in submission to Adam's sons. Wow. That's exactly right. So our dominion still holds. Mm -hmm. And the reason why the church hasn't been operating in their dominion is because they were hoodwinked into believing that, well, now the devil has the power. He's the prince of the power of the air after all. So he has dominion over. No, he does not have dominion over the earth. Man has dominion over the earth. And there's nothing that he can do, the devil, without the cooperation of man. And that's why you have these demons that are busy trying to subjugate people and trying to deceive them into doing his will. It's people that do the evil in the earth. It's not demons that do the evil in the earth. It's people who are controlled, controlled by demons, by them, but it, yeah. it, they're still, it's still the people. It's mm-hmm. the people that are operating in their dominion. And when we who have an understanding of the word of mm-hmm. God allow others who don't have an understanding of the word of God to operate in dominion, we're not doing our job. Yeah, because even Jesus says, abide in me. Yes. And another translation in the Passion, it says, live in me. So how many of the church are abiding in the Lord and living in him or letting him live in you? And so we end up going into other things. For many, it's a social club. You know, church is a social thing. And sometimes you could judge a church by its uh, Wednesday night prayer meeting. (laughs) 
or it's Sunday night service. No, almost every church that I know always had a Sunday night service. When we were young. When we were young, you know. And little by little, they've all dropped off and like... It's because TV had too much interesting on Sunday night. Yeah. I mean, we only had three channels on on our TV, three or four. You know, Channel 2, Channel 5, Channel 7, the main networks. And But we never had TV on during a meal. I mean, you never turned the TV on. Nobody watched TV during a meal. That was just wrong in, in our house because, you know, you ate around the table with family. And then afterwards, you know, you would watch, maybe watch TV, but, but not ever during a meal. That was rare, extremely rare to do something. Mm-hmm. And that was standard for a lot of households. Yeah. You know, especially believers and... You know. And the thing is this, that, that man was given dominion, and our dominion is to cooperate. What, what I was starting to say earlier was, you know, the devil can't do anything without, co- without the cooperation of man, but neither does God. Mm-hmm. He's always looking for us to make the declarations in the earth. You know, Jesus taught his disciples to pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And yeah. it's he's looking for our cooperation mm-hmm. to, to make on earth as it is in heaven by the words that we speak, because it was his words that made the earth in the first place. And so what we say is what we get. And if, if we're walking with him in intimacy and dwelling in him, like you were just saying, that that um, our our humility and and un, being under his authority causes us to hear what he says and we repeat it like like Jesus mm-hmm. said I only do what I see my, my father, father doing yes. I only say what I hear my father saying so we're we're wired to serve somebody mm-hmm. we're wired to serve him but that's that's the only way that that we're really really happy is if we are cooperating with him. That's when that's when all of the stress rolls off because mm-hmm. we're just doing what he says. Yeah. But but we're 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 wired to cooperate with somebody and to serve somebody. So what happens if we're not serving him? And I remember a statement that Sadhu Salvarez had made, you know, cuz he's from he was born in uh Singapore. He's Hindu, had a personal visitation to Jesus Christ and and so he does not have a Western mindset like we do. And people that have, have a, had a visitation of Jesus that are not Westerners have a total different outlook of life. You know, they're not controlled by all these outside things like we are. And he made a statement that said, you know, in, um, in the East, you know, people worship all these idols. How many idols are there in Hinduism? Millions. Millions, you know. And there, there's all these main ones. And you go into a lot of homes sometimes there in India or in, uh, or in Buddhist homes, and there'll be a picture of Jesus. See, we have Jesus up here, too. Yeah, we would make along sure, with all the other gods. Yeah, make sure we're all covered. You know, mm-hmm. and I remember Sister Gwen would, would say, you know, in Taiwan, most all the homes of the Buddhists, they had a little altar in the kitchen there, and they would put a little honey on the lips of the, of the kitchen gods. So, you know, it only speaks sweet things. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, because um, so much gossip usually so happens. So much gossip in the happens at the kitchen table, <laughs> or in the kitchen preparing food. And so Sadhu said, you know, the East people worship all these idols, 
But in the West, people worship themselves. Mm-hmm. And you think about it, they worship themselves. So so what what are they worshiping? Right. Sports? You know, you walk into some areas, all you hear is sports. Maybe it's all football, all this or that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can watch a football game, but don't make it the idol of your life. Right. You can make your car the idol of your life. You can make anything an idol. It's true. You know, as long as you, it's like the expression, you are what you eat. It's true. What, what does it say in Romans uh, 6, 12 through 16? Sin is a dethroned monarch. So you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life, controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. So then, refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for wickedness. Instead, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. You live now for his pleasure, ready to be used for his noble purpose. Remember this, sin will not conquer you, for God already has. You are not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. Beautiful. Yes, beautiful. I love the Passion Translation. Yeah, it's beautiful. They they amplified there just a, a few words of it. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts and passions. And, and, and in verse 14 says, for sin will no longer be a master over you. See, we're going to serve somebody. We're either going to serve God or we're going to serve sin. And sin is, you know, it's, it's just lurking there all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lurking is right. <laughs> yeah. And then verse 16 says, do you not know? that when you continually offer yourselves to someone to do his will, you are the slaves of the one whom you obey, either slaves of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness, right standing with God. So we're, we're wired to cooperate with somebody. We're wired to serve somebody. We're wired to be, to, you know, to be a slave. Um, well, what, what rights does a slave have? None, none, none. Now, Jesus became a bondservant. So he did everything to show us how it's done. So Philippians 2, verses 7 and 8 talks about Jesus. He stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant. And in parenthesis, it says slave. And that he became like men and was born a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. Hmm. Wow. Obedience. So Jesus was completely obedient. He, he emptied himself. Now, I had an experience when we were living in Niagara Falls. Uh, it's very windy there. And... Uh, I I stepped out the back door and I saw something that I knew, okay, this is going to be a sermon illustration. I looked up in the air and probably, I don't know, 15, 20 feet above in in the air is this flying plastic bag. And it was just flying along, being happy, filled with wind and flying. And I heard this question in my spirit. And the question was, what is it about that 
plastic bag that gives it the ability to fly. Mm. And I thought about it and re- realized that it's because it's empty. Yeah. Like Jesus emptied himself. And when we empty ourselves, we, when we let God deal with our baggage, when we let God deal with the stuff, all, all that sin that we were just talking about, and when we stop being a slave to sin and become a slave to the Lord, remember Paul called himself a, a slave, a bondservant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it softens it when you read the word servant. Yeah. But it really means slave. <laughs> it's like the, the love slave. Yeah, what's that story? Well, that's um, after six years, you know, by the Hebrew law that was given by Moses from the Lord, that after six years, a slave would go free. A Hebrew slave. A Hebrew slave. If the master gave him a wife and he had children by her, they are the property of the master. So after six years, uh, the slave would be free to go, but his wife and children would not. They would still remain. So he could choose if he wanted to stay, they would take an awl and they would uh, put it in his ear next to a doorpost and make a hole with the awl and probably put a ring or it would put some mm-hmm. something in there to show that this man of his own desire wants to stay with his master without pay. He'd have his wife and children or if he doesn't have wife and children, he's going to be a love slave to serve his master. Mm-hmm. And so that means the master is probably taking really good care of him. Yeah. Or he has such a love for his wife and children, he's not going to leave. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus wants us to be those love slaves. Right. But through our ear, you're going to hear his voice, not with an awl. No. It, <laughs> to bore it into, the, you know, put a hole in your ear, but to, to hear his voice in your spirit. Yes. You know, and that's what we always listen for is that still small voice. I want to give an example of... Yeah. Um, when, when we had our accident, we had a bad accident, a truck shoved us off, and we went into the median at 70 miles an hour. You know, we flipped over, you know, like end over end, twisted in the air, flipped side to side. And while that is going on, I remember you, you heard in your spirit, pull your arm in. Mm-hmm, I did. She heard, pull your arm in because, you know, the window got knocked out and the arm she didn't pull in got all tore up. But she pulled in her left arm, which, you know, she's left-handed. She's the driver, and that was her writing hand. You know, you really need to be able to write and all that. But even through that, how can you hear a voice like that when the car's going in, (laughs) you're 70 miles an hour, you know, you're hitting, you know, making all this noise rattle, you know, the windows got knocked out and stuff's flying all over out the windows, out the sunroof, yet you heard the voice of the Spirit say, Pull your arm in while all that is going on. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? So so if he does it like that, how much easier should it be to hear a still small voice when we're just listening? Yeah, that's true. I'm sure that still small voice was very loud for you to, to hear that. It was loud enough. And I remember once we're in our, we were married about three years, and I heard the voice of the Lord in my spirit audibly. I want my word to flow through you, and I just jumped up into bed like, whoa. Mm-hmm. You know, I've really heard a voice like that, but it was powerful. You know, like it woke me up out of my sleep. That wasn't a still small voice either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like it was a command, you know. You know, there's a there's a scripture in Isaiah 50, that uh, verse 5, it says, The Lord God has opened my ear, and I have not been rebellious or turned backward. 
And that's referring mm-hmm. to Jesus, but it's also referring to anyone who will serve him. Yeah. If, if we'll just serve him the way he intends us to serve him, the way he wired us to serve him, it's yeah. going to be amazing. Yeah. So John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said, if anyone really loves me, he will keep my word teaching and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our dwelling place with him. That's a powerful scripture. He will come to us. Right. And the next chapter uh-huh. talks about abiding in him. Yeah. If, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Uh, Ask it, what you will and it shall be done. Exactly. So sometimes we take that scripture, but we don't have the whole context of it. Mm-hmm. And then he's also talking you know, about the Holy Spirit coming. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we're, we are meant to be filled with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh-huh. That's, that is how we will be successful. That is how God can use us as a secret weapon because we have this communication with him that we're hearing his voice and we're repeating what he says. How did you feel when you got filled with the Holy Spirit? What was that like? Oh, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I was 13 years old. And I was, I was at this camp. I had never heard of the baptism in the Holy Spirit before. And when it was introduced to me, I was like, yeah, of I course want I want that. <laughs> and, and the person who was ministering to me uh, prayed for me and then said, now just start praising the Lord. And when you run out of words in English, you're just going to start speaking in words from the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And I just started praising, and I, and pretty soon I was speaking in tongues, and wow. and it was just so easy. There was nothing to it, really. Um, I, I shouldn't say nothing to it. That's not true. <laughs> it was powerful, and it was life changing. I was so transformed. My my whole outlook on life. It was like it was like everything. Uh, like looked, a veil of darkness was just ripped yeah, it, off your it mind. It was just like everything looked new. Everything was brighter. Oh. Everything was more beautiful. And and uh, shortly thereafter, I got uh, water baptized because I hadn't been baptized. My my daddy was uh, Dutch Reformed, and he explained to me that um, I was baptized as a baby. You were sprinkled. I was sprinkled, and, <laughs> and that was all I needed. There's, you know, one one baptism. And, and, uh, and my mother was Baptist. So when they, when they offered uh, baptism at that, at that camp, uh, I went to her and I said, mom, I want to be baptized. She said, honey, I think you're old enough to make that decision yourself. Mm -hmm. So I didn't ask daddy (laughs) (laughs) and I got in line and there were four ministers in the pool and, uh, I, I knew who I wanted to go to, but it, my lot wasn't to fall to, to him. Um, I went to somebody I didn't know. And it turned out that the man who baptized me was actually the same man who had baptized me as a baby. He had gotten filled with the Holy Spirit and wow. was at this camp as well. And, and so that kind of, that it must sad. have made it better for my dad yeah. to be watching this. Oh, yeah. And my I'd... mother saw a dove. Oh, wow. And, you didn't tell me that before. I don't <laughs> and the interesting thing is that this was an indoor swimming pool. Well, 40 years later, and I'm still <laughs> finding out things about you. <laughs> but, you know, the point is, 
it's life changing when you give yourself to God. Yes. It's life changing when you when you get a vision that you can cooperate with him. And so one of the things that you can do to cooperate with him is to let him pray through you and and hear his voice. And one of the things that he can pray through you is is praying the scripture. And Mm -hmm. the better you know the scripture, the more it can come out through you. So studying the scripture, reading the scripture, listening to the scripture, keep it Mm -hmm. going in your life. Keep it going. I remember years ago hearing a man of God. I mean, he'd been a, a minister for years and years and decades. And and he talked about how he and his wife would put on the, you know, some kind of a recording of the scripture and just listen, like while they were eating dinner. You talked mm. about TV in, in mm-hmm. at, at dinner time. Well, they, they would listen to the scripture. Listen to the scripture. And, wow. and it, it amazed me how he talked about how fresh revelation would come to him. And he'd been a minister for years and years and years, full of the Holy Spirit. But I have found that as we have studied the scriptures together, that it has come alive in new, uh, new revelation all the time. Mm-hmm. And so as we, as we continue to pour ourselves into the scripture and pour the scripture into us, remember it's the Holy Spirit that gave the scripture in the first place. Yes. You know, and in the Walsh revival, there was a saying that Evan Roberts used, and this is before you know, the Spirit was poured out with speaking in tongues as we know it. But what he said was, obey the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. By your disobedience. By your disobedience. And if those three things happened in every revival, the revival would have kept on going. True. But man gets pride, and when you get pride, then you, you don't hear as well. Very True. Very true. So that's that's just very powerful to remember. And if we can operate in that, in those three principles, we'll be really going somewhere in the Spirit. That's right. And that's cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Cooperating. Cooperation, yes. You know, stop and think of the word cooperate. Cooperate. Operate means, with. Mm-hmm. Co means with and operate, meaning meaning to work. Yeah. So you're working together. Yeah. Our... Um, our former vice president, he was an Air Force pilot, and he used to have a license plate on the front of his car and as well as that said, God is my co-pilot. But what he did, he took a piece of black electrical tape and put a cross through co, so it said, God is my pilot. Because yes. he would rather God be the pilot, let him be the co-pilot. Yes. That way, because the pilot, the captain knows where to fly. Exactly. He, he calls the shots. Exactly. We co-operate with him. One of the ways that you can cooperate with him is uh, expressed in Romans 8.26, when we don't know how to pray. Uh, The Amplified says, in the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness, we do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should. But the Spirit himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. So even if you haven't experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues, you can sigh and groan with the Holy Spirit. You can let the Holy Spirit just mm, Mm -hmm. make sounds through you. And 
and you know really that is a good way to start if you if you're seeking the baptism in the holy spirit if you're seeking uh speaking in tongues this is a really good way to get started just by letting him groan through you and and that can turn into an intercession by just add just start adding syllables and by faith begin to add syllables and let the holy spirit turn those syllables into words he will do it with you as you do it by faith it's an amazing thing praying in the holy spirit builds you up according to jude chapter one well there's only one chapter but verses verses 20 to 23 what does that say in the passion translation but you my delightfully loved friends constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit mm-hmm. fasten your hearts to the love of god oh it's beautiful and receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gives us eternal life. Yeah. Looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit builds you up in your faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. And, and sometimes it's praying, as I said, it's praying the Word because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit inspired the Word. And sometimes it's praying with groaning, and sometimes it's praying in tongues. Many times. For us, it's praying in tongues. Um, The best place to look for an explanation of tongues is in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5, from the Amplified. Verse 1, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 is the love that he's talking about. Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim and your great quest. And earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments, gifts, especially that you may prophesy, interpret the divine will and purpose in inspired preaching and teaching. And and it also means to speak forth the word of the Lord as it just comes through you. That's also Mm -hmm. cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Yes, okay. And sometimes it's, you know, any and every spirit-filled believer can prophesy. Not all are prophets. There's an office of the prophet, but we, we can all prophesy. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit, he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. Now, in, in the King James, it, t- it uses the word mysteries. We're speaking mm-hmm. mysteries. We're speaking secret truths. And then it goes on to explain how prophecy is better in a public situation. But let's, let's look at what it does when you do speak in tongues. You're speaking to God. And you're saying things to God as Romans 8, we were just talking about. Uh, as, as that says, the, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. He helps us to intercede using words that God understands, even if we don't understand them. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say in verse 4, he that speaks in a strange tongue or an unknown tongue edifies and improves himself, just like Jude said, building yourself up on your most holy faith. So that's one of the things that happens when we speak in tongues. We are building ourselves up. And then In verse 5, verse 5 says, Now I wish that you might all speak in unknown tongues. And then it goes on to say, But more especially, I want you to prophesy, to be inspired to preach and interpret divine will and purpose. 
because that's what because that edifies the church. But when we're our, when we're in prayer ourselves, we're building ourselves up on our most holy faith, mm-hmm. praying in the Holy Spirit, yeah. and and speaking mysteries. We're speaking things that we don't understand. Now, I have written in my Bible some notes that were given by someone who speaks Greek. Okay. <laughs> to to help really understand what this is saying, verse five says, and I'm I'm looking at my King James Bible. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. Okay, now in the Greek, it would be better rendered to say, I would that ye all spoke with tongues, in order that you may move in the prophetic. That's a much better explanation. It certainly is. So I'm reminded of. A tremendous testimony. Uh, I read Dave Roberson's book a number of years ago, and it's it's called The Walk of the Spirit, The Walk of Power. And he tells in it his testimony of how the Lord had called him into the ministry, and he was not really prepared to go into the ministry. He was really quite afraid. He was uh, he was a Pentecostal, but he he didn't uh, he didn't see himself as really being equipped. But the Lord really challenged him that it was time for him to quit his job. So he quit his job at the mill and decided, well, uh, I guess what I need to do to go into full-time ministry is to to just pray for those eight hours that I would have been working at the mill. That's great wisdom if you don't have a a leading to go anywhere. Yeah, he didn't have any other leading. So that was just his inclination. And so he started the day praying when the whistle blew at the mill. And and after praying for a few minutes, um, maybe 30 minutes where everything that he could think of to pray in English, he ran out of things to pray and decided to start praying in tongues. So he prayed in tongues until the whistle blew for lunch over at the mill and he stopped for lunch and the whistle blew to go back to work and he went back to praying. And for afternoon tea break. Uh, whatever, you know, he just, tea or coffee, whatever. He he just, he worked prayer like he would have worked his job. Mm-hmm. And he went on like this day after day and week after week and month after month and all he, he said all he ever got out of it was just a dry mouth <laughs> and maybe sore knees. He was he you know, he wasn't feeling anything in particular. He, he he didn't really feel like he was accomplishing anything, but he was doing what he felt like the Lord showed him to do. So about 3 months into this process, uh, a lady stopped to visit him and invited him to to a meeting. So he was delighted with the opportunity to go and do something besides pray in tongues and get his mouth dry. (laughs) And so he goes to this meeting, but he finds it incredibly boring. The person who is speaking is is uh, a denominational minister and he's um, he's drawling (laughs) on about God and (laughs) and. Dave Roberson had slipped in kind of uh, after a lot of other people were seated. And all of a sudden, he had a vision of the lady he was sitting next to. He saw her hip in a vision. And I don't know whether he saw it like an x-ray or whether he saw a picture of it or whatever it was. But he realized that there was something wrong with her hip. So he leaned over to her and whispered, is there something wrong with your hip? And she says to him, the doctor says there is. And, you know, there was some other little exchange about it. And ultimately he said, well, do you want me to pray for you? And she said, okay. So 
you know, he's Pentecostal and he just gets down in front of her and lifts up her feet, you know, and, and finds that uh, one leg is definitely shorter than the other. And he begins to pray loudly in tongues and whatever. And he closed his eyes because he was afraid to look and he's praying out loud. And, and of course, the man who is preaching um, comes to see what's going on <laughs> and stop this disruption. And he gets there just in time to see this lady's leg grow out. And what does he do? Uh, well, did I... Did say that in the book? I, I don't, don't remember just what it says in the book. You'll have to get the book and, and find <laughs> out. But the point is that without understanding what was going on, Dave Roberson was building himself up in his most holy mm-hmm. faith, praying yeah. in the Holy Ghost. He had never experienced anything like this before. He had never seen a miracle at his hands like this before. He had never seen a vision like this before. But because he was praying in the Spirit, it was preparing him to move prophetically. And, you know, that's the point of this. So um, you can find this book on his website. Uh, He's since gone home to be with the Lord fairly recently, but his website is still out there, daveroberson.org. And if you put that in and forward slash books, you can find that he has free downloads of this book, The Walk of the Spirit, The Walk of Power, printer-friendly version, landscape version. He's got a bonus prayer CD you can download. Um, And he's even got translations into simplified and traditional Chinese, Mm, French, German, Korean, Polish, Portuguese, Russian, and Spanish. Oh, praise God. That's tremendous. This is a tremendous resource to build yourself up in your understanding of time and what it does for building you up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And we'll put a link to that in, in the show notes on on uh, cpnshows.com on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you're listening on a different platform, then you, you can find us there on cpnshows.com and find the, the link to it. But I think you can figure it out too. <laughs> and, you know, you can find some of his stuff out there on YouTube as well. So just one thing after another began to happen because Dave Roberson, he had been building himself up in his most holy faith, Mm. praying in the Holy Ghost hour after hour, hour after hour, day after day, day after day, faithfully, persevering, even though he was absolutely bored. He was bored. He, he did not find this to be fun. He didn't, he wasn't having any great encounters with God. You know, God didn't catch him away to heaven or anything like that. All, but all of a sudden, God began to use him. Yeah. He, be, he was putting himself in a position to cooperate with God. And in that cooperation, God was using him as a secret weapon to undo the works of darkness. Yes, and that's why the devil is fighting us so hard is because he doesn't want us to undo those works of darkness. All of these places where the yeah. devil is working so hard and, and has such strongholds, I believe those are places that God has ordained to be showcases of his great power and his great glory. Like you, you, look, at, huh. you look at India with all of those Hindu gods. Yeah. I just think that's a stronghold that God is just is is so excited he's going to bust the thing whole wide open any day wow. now and china with its with its uh, chinese communist party it, that whole thing's going to collapse because god is going to do something he's undoing the works of the dragon yes. and he's looking yes. for you to be a secret weapon in his hand and as you mm. cooperate as you and i cooperate as you and i 
build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, God is going to do something new with you. Yes, hallelujah. He's going to use you in such an amazing way. In 1 Corinthians 14, 18, Paul says, I thank God that I speak in unknown tongues more than all of you. So Paul was the, was the tongues king. You know, (laughs) (laughs) he was cooperating with the Holy Spirit. And look what authority he had. Exactly. And and look at what mysteries he began to understand so that he could write so much of the New Testament. Yeah. And then in in 2 Corinthians 12, he talks about how he had this this surpassing greatness and extraordinary revelation that he received from God. And God allowed a messenger of Satan to come and torment and buffet him. Mm-hmm. And God said, you know, when he asked God to please take yeah. this away. And I think it's the King James says, a thorn in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A thorn in the flesh. And, but it was a messenger of Satan. Yeah. And it was, set, it was sent to pummel him to keep him from getting exalted in the revelation. And, you know, it says a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Mm-hmm. It was a gift. A gift. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I don't think it had anything to do with his eyes or anything like that. Yeah. It was a messenger of Satan. It was probably mm-hmm. a person that was, that was just uh, haranguing him and giving him trouble. Yeah. Uh, but God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation for my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Mm-hmm. So when we're feeling weak, when we're feeling buffeted, when we're feeling pummeled. Pummeled, yeah. Uh, that's overwhelmed. 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 Anybody feel overwhelmed occasionally? I do once in a while. I just had one of those days yesterday. I was running on fumes. But God's grace is sufficient. And as we continue to come back to him and come back to him and come back to him and come back to him. And, and when, when we're being attacked in our minds, that's when you start speaking in tongues yeah. and it silences yes. that have all. Yes. He hates it. that. That's it. Yeah. Oh. Thank you, Father. I, I, if if you have not yet received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with this, yeah. with speaking in tongues. I just want to pray for you and ask the Lord to give you that that uh, grace and that revelation and that flow of His Spirit, so that you can be a, a secret weapon in God's hands. and And if you already have the power of of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, then then pray with us as we pray for the other listeners who haven't received it yet. And just know that as you receive this, that you must cooperate with the Holy Spirit. He's going to use your tongue. He's going to use your mouth. He's going to use your vocal cords, but you have to operate in faith and begin to make sounds and let him give you articulation. Let him turn those sounds into words that our father understands. And it may start out sounding like baby talk, but he will give you articulation so that you can speak mysteries, that you can speak unimaginable things in multiple languages because because that's how he works. He knows all the languages. Yes. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for these listeners. And Lord, we thank you and we ask you, Father, to give each one 
the grace to forgive anyone who has offended them. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And sometimes that can be a major block to uh, receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So, Father, I ask you to just pour your spirit out on this listener right now. Yes, Father. Pour your spirit Thank in. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So that, so that your spirit comes and dwells in them and, and dwells all around them. Lord, that, that, that they'll catch this vision of being like a, a glass that's full of water being put into the ocean so that there's just a complete filling inside and outside with the vastness of your glory, the vastness of your righteousness, the vastness of everything who you are. So, Father, pour your spirit in right now in the name of Jesus. And and just right now, just begin to uh, worship the Lord and just breathe in his presence His presence is like oxygen. It's all around you. It always has been all around you. Oxygen is something that you can't taste or sense with your senses, but you can't live without it. And that's what his presence is. It's all around you. And and the word for, for spirit is the same word as the word wind and the same word as the word breath. So his breath is right there. Just, just receive his breath, receive as you yeah, breathe in and just breathe out worship and Thank worship and and just make sounds that are are sounds that are not familiar and and trust that he is making that into language just receive that right now and just begin to pray in tongues philip let's you and i pray in tongues for a few moments Lord, we are cooperating with you. We are cooperating with you as we pray. We are cooperating with you. We are being your secret weapon in the earth right now in the name of Jesus. And so is this listener. Yes. That is that is reaching mm. out to you to go deeper, yes, to Lord. come closer, to come yes, closer Father. to your heart, to come to mm. know you in yes, a deeper Lord. way yes, in the name of the Lord Jesus yes, Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, as you turn off this podcast, go and spend some time in the presence of the Lord. Receive more from his presence. Just let his love overwhelm you. Let his glory overwhelm you. Let his strength overwhelm you. And, and surrender yourself completely to him so that you can co-operate with him and be his secret weapon in the earth today. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast... Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.